feels now when he gets the mic at, what is it, 12? <laughs> Are you guys going to give me grace and stay and listen for a second? <laughs> All right, awesome. It's good to see your faces. Thanks. So has everybody gained about five or ten pounds from Thanksgiving? No, really? I did. I did for sure. We had a feast. We had 28 people. Yeah, 28 people at my parents' house. We actually had to move it into the garage. It was a garage Thanksgiving. <laughs> it was pretty epic. It was awesome, though. All right, well, let me say, first of all, thank you for staying and listening since it's 12 o'clock. And a lot of you probably brought some family members because they were out of town, and Jim's not here. You get me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to embarrass you in front of your family today and uh, hopefully walk away with something worthy to listen to. All right. So um, first of all, I wanted to just talk about really quick what was going on in worship. Um, not all that was going on because obviously there was a lot going on. Everyone should be filled full of a lot of faith after worship, huh? Man, I was like sobbing baby all the way through. <laughs> I believe in you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, spirit of counsel, spirit of might. I feel like that was in the room today. Um, and so I just want you guys just to, we don't want to pass that up. Things still linger, even though we turned on the lights, right? <laughs> okay, so um, just put your hands out. Um, and I just feel like the Lord really wants to give some of you guys just some counsel and might today. And I know we have walked away already uh, just filled with faith. So if you want that, if you need that spirit of counsel, spirit of might, even though you might not even know what that is, just take it anyway. So hold out your hands. And God, we just receive spirit of counsel and spirit of might right now. We just say we're not going to leave this building. <laughs> we're not going to leave this building the same as we came in. God, we thank you for your counsel and we thank you for your might to go another day, even when sometimes our eyes don't see it. God, we thank you for that new dawn. And Lord, we sing that new dawn in, what was coming out in worship today. So spirit of counsel, spirit of might, we just say come, come, and you are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome to give me counsel. You are welcome to give me might. Spirit of might, just rise, rise up. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so we're going to come out of the gate with Revelation 19. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to speak on the book of Revelation. I'll leave that to the scholars. We're just looking at a passage today, okay? So if you have your Bibles or your iPhones, whatever, Revelation 19, verse 6 through 8. It'll be up on the screen here if you do not have your Bibles with you. So let's read what John the Revelator said. Saul. Ready? If you're there, say fire. fire. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out. By the way, that's what you sound like when you're releasing praise. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. 
It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So I want to talk to you today about two things, preparation and righteous deeds. I know they sound like they don't really go together, but God makes all things work together for his good, right? (laughs) So um, I'm going to try to stick to my notes or not stick to my notes. You guys just have a lot of grace for me because I only speak like what, once or twice a year, right? So I'm not the best, but you got me. (laughs) I mean, you get me. (laughs) All right. So what? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So at the time of the marriage supper of the Lamb, um, it says the bride made herself ready. We would call that preparation. Can we just call it that? It can also be translated in the Aramaic. That's right, I'm translating things in the Aramaic. Actually, Brian Simmons, it's his notes from the Revelation. But um, uh, it can also, so the bride has made herself ready can also be, and his bride loves him. That's pretty simple, right? We become ready when we've truly made him our first love. I was thinking about how so many times we get caught up in trying to prepare ourselves or make ourselves ready by doing all these things, by fixing ourselves, um, you know, by preparing ourselves. So we're qualified to wear that, that robe of fine linen is what it said. What if we've been missing the mark here, though? A lot of times our preparation for the fine linen has been us tweaking ourselves to look right or act, act right or fast for 40 days so, so we're a bride without stain. Our eyes continuously stay on ourselves with this kind of preparation, though. That bothers me. I'm not saying acting right or fasting is bad. Don't hear what I'm not saying. The whole point of Jesus' blood paying our dowry is that we didn't have to fix ourselves. The price for the bride, for him to own us, for him to, us to be his, that's already been paid. We've been so focused on fixing ourselves at times that it turns into dead works. You're looking at your own human power to make you look good, to function how you think you're supposed to function so that you can be a bride without spot or wrinkle. What if preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb, where you get to wear the fine linen, is not, I don't know why I can't say fine linen, just normal. I have to say fine linen. (laughs) Um, is, Is not us trying to make ourselves look better, but it's actually simply and completely loving him more than anything else on this earth, more than anything in heaven. This is the type of preparation he's calling for. We just saw it in the Aramaic, and his bride loves him. God even gave us the Holy Spirit inside of us to lead the way. I know for some of you, (laughs) simply just loving him more than anything else isn't enough. You want to put your hand to the plow, which is kind of funny that that word came out (laughs) about the evangelist. You guys need to put your hand to the plow. I'm going to give you something to put your hand to. This is for everybody, though, not just evangelists. By the way, we all have a little evangelism in us, right? (laughs) And the evangelist clapped. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So let's keep going. Verse 8. 
It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Had you ever seen that before? I had never actually, when I read that, I was just like, wow, the, righteous, the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. When the bride has come uh, to a prepared place of simply loving him, she's going to naturally partner with the Holy Spirit and walk out these righteous deeds. When you're so intimate with the Lord, you wear righteousness like a robe because he's in you and you're in him. That means we're not here just to learn how to put on a robe and not take it for a test drive. We want to actually wear the robe. Have you ever um, known somebody who's like a professional student and they have like all these degrees and but they've never had a career, they just keep going to school. I know somebody like that, like literally I do. It's sad, really. I mean, you have all this, all this knowledge, but you don't have any action. You have this word, all these words, but you don't have any power. It's like having a gun and aiming it for years and years and years, but never actually pulling the trigger. It's like learning about righteousness, but never doing any righteous deeds. It's like talking and talking and talking about Derek and Shatish's ministry to these foster boys, hearing about the need, but never doing anything to fill the need. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not of talk, but it's of power. We want to wear it in public. <laughs> I know our safe places in the church, it's so easy to do righteous deeds for people we know. But man, is it fun to do righteous deeds outside the church and show people who Jesus really is. We want to do these righteous deeds. We want to show off how good and loving and kind God is. So let me just read some verses about being clothed in good works. Is that okay? This is going to be like a handful of verses. So for some of you, this will be like a year's worth of Bible reading. I don't know. <laughs> Soak it in. <laughs> All right, Isaiah 61.10. I think it's going to be up there. We'll see. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. People just cannot look away when the righteousness of God is on display. It's like somebody who's wearing a really interesting and amazing outfit. You just can't look away. <laughs> Job 29, 14. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe in a turban. Romans 13, 14. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your own flesh. In other words, don't wear the filthy stained garments. Put Christ on and by your behavior, let people see who he is. For crying out loud, stop trying to prove that you don't have a religious spirit by acting like the world. I could go on. I actually cut out a whole piece, <laughs> like a whole page of going off on that, but I won't because I actually have another little mini sermon <laughs> after this that we really need to hit. 
So hopefully that said it all. Stop acting like the world to show everybody you don't have a religious spirit. I'm so sick of that. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I hear people with bad words coming out of their mouth. And I think they think when, when they're like talking like the world, all of us Christians are going, wow, they're so free. They're so free. They have no religious spirit. That's so cool. But what we're really saying is, wow, you look just like the world now. What separates you? Okay, I'm done. Love me. Deuteronomy 15.7, moving on. If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers in any of your towns in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor close your hand from your poor brother. Righteous deeds are doing those things on behalf of the king. It's, it's sharing. It's giving. It's, it's giving to the poor. It's loving people. It's being fair. You know, we've given this message at Zion about getting outside the walls um, and infecting the cities with, with God's kingdom. <laughs> and we've trained and we've equipped and we've taught and we've prepared and we've preached and we've catalyzed for nine years. And training and equipping is so good and it's so needed. And we're not going to stop doing it. But if you, if you try to move into healing and prophecy and righteous deeds without having that foundation of loving him more than anything else, it's all for nothing. It's all rotten. Loving him is making yourself ready. You start to smell like the Holy One. Because you're so close to him, you're wearing him like a garment. Has anybody ever been inside Chipotle? Has anyone ever left Chipotle and stunk like Chipotle? You smell like Chipotle all day long. And you know what it smells like? B.O. Okay, I'm just going to say it. You smell like B.O., your skin smells like B.O., your hair smells like B.O., and you have to shower and change your clothes if you're going somewhere later that night. I'm just saying, it's like that, minus the B.O. (laughs) When you start wearing him like a garment, righteous deeds just start to flow out of you naturally. If you capture this revelation, you start wearing this robe of righteousness, this righteous deeds, I want you to remember just a couple of things. God's deeds with him are great works. God's deeds without him are dead works. We're not saved by good works. We're saved for good works. You don't get accepted as the bride based on your good works. But you will be rewarded for them on the day of all days. God wants to show you off now. He wants you to be a continuous light of righteousness that reflects his glory. In biblical times, this is one of the steps to getting married. Listen to this. The groom would come to the house of the bride at midnight, creating a torchlight parade through the streets. The bride would know in advance this was going to take place, so she would be ready with her maidens, and they would all join the parade and end up at the groom's home. That's pretty cool, and it's very prophetic. It actually kind of ties into the ten virgins, too, story in Matthew 25, if you know that one. 
The bride was ready to join the parade so he could show, so he could show off his glory. <laughs> Loving him makes you ready to carry your torch down the city streets and reveal his glory. And that's what we're walking into. Can I just tell you that? So on the day, on that day of the marriage supper of the Lamb, he grants to you the fine linen garments because of all the righteous deeds that you had done in his name. Not in your own name, not in your own power, but in his name. You shine for the world to see him. All right, so that's kind of the first part. Okay, super short, right? Yes, Mary, good job, super short. <laughs> Applauding, everybody likes short. Okay, so the last thing I want to hit, which is sort of a side note, but it still ties in, okay? Because we're, we're walking into this time where we get to uh, start walking out righteous deeds, which is super exciting, isn't it? Derek and Shatisha thing, I mean, that's just the start. Um, as a church, as a body, there's big things that we get to do together, and then there's individual things that you get to do. <clears throat> so last thing I want to hit really quickly is when you begin to carry God's light this city through the city streets, there will be trouble. I know that's not an exciting, encouraging word, but I'm just going to tell you this because I want you to be prepared. John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's the good news. But your light will attract bugs. That's what light does. It attracts bugs. And the bugs, they're demons. And the demons, they're pesky liars with filthy mouths. You've heard me say that before. Who the Bible says their main job is to kill, steal, and destroy you. Now, some of you all look like you just got slapped in the face. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's like, oh, we don't talk about demons here. Well, we're talking about it right now because you need to know that they're not big. So here is their whole, their, their main job is to kill you, to destroy you, to steal things from you. So why are we surprised when we start shining our light so brightly that they come and attack us? Why are we so shocked, okay? But the, de but the demons are overcome because Jesus already overcame, so you can overcome. Jesus overcame, so you get to overcome. It's not a big deal. Demons are literally this high, they're foot-stomping level. So we're going to stomp on them. Demons are small until you make them big. You make them big when you don't see Jesus as king over everything. God is no one's equal. He's not a prince. He's the king. He is the I am. I am. Fill in the blank. I know you've heard Jim say this a lot of times, but God has no equal. His equal is not Satan. If Satan had an equal, it would be Michael the archangel. God has no equal. God has no opposite. As high as God is above the grasshopper, that's how uh, high he is above the devil. So what zaps these pesky bugs, you'd like to know? Praising the Lord. You knew that was going to come out, didn't you? You knew that I could not not say something about praise. When you praise God, it reminds them that they're never going to be worthy. When you're making Jesus have all power, the devil gets no power. Okay? 
It's time to grab hold of this lifestyle of praise. Celebrate who God is and what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's promised that he's going to do. Celebrate it. Praise him. It's a lifestyle. I'm not here to talk about praise, but I'm just going to say one more thing, okay? Praise displaces and replaces things. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. It can displace things like anxiety, depression, spirits of infirmity, death, just to name a few. It replaces those things with love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, healing, redemption. Man, he's redeeming so much right now. It's so exciting to see and watch. Pay attention to that because you need to thank him when that happens. All right, so um, I want to tell you a story about um, my experience, how powerful praise was for me when it displaced an enemy's lie in my life. I'm telling you this because Jim read my notes and he told me that I needed to put an example in. So he's all about like the illustrations so people can really grab hold. And I'm like, I just want to say it, A, B, C, D, done. (laughs) So this like takes me off my notes when I do this, but it'll be worth it. So some of you guys have heard this story. Years ago, when Joshua and Wesley were babies, Wesley was newborn, Joshua was a toddler, because Joshua and Wesley are 15 months apart. Yeah. You should all feel sorry for me, and also cheer me on, because I made it through. (laughs) But um, when one's napping, one's stepping on the one napping. (laughs) But... um, Anyway, so we were on staff at this church that had multiple services. Ooh, multiple services. Um, This is why we have one really long one. See? It's like multiple only put together. Um, So Jim had to go to these multiple services, obviously, because he was on staff. That left me at home with the boys trying to get these babies dressed and fed, along with myself, dressed and fed. And back then, you know, we wore suits, (laughs) especially if you're on staff. So I had to look right and get these babies ready and out the door in the car, okay, to get to church by myself. Well, we had two cars at this time. One car was Jim's Fiero, which he had got for his graduation present, which has how many seats? two seats. So he took that one, and I had to drive the other car, which was really his car. It was a stick shift. I, I am capable of driving a stick shift, just not well. So I load the babies up in the car. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Lord, there's 20 stoplights on the way to church. I'm not even exaggerating. There might be more. Oh, hey, Sarah Deeds. Welcome home. Um, so I'm in the car, and I'm praying, green light, green light, green light, green light, green light, green light. Nope, red light. So I'm like, oh. So I'm like getting into gear, and as soon as it turns green, I'm ready not to stall it. So I push the gas as hard as I can in first, and I'm squealing out every single time there's a green, red light, green light. People next to me thought I was drag racing, and I'm just like, I'm laughing and crying and completely stressed out. My kids, you know, they're like, what is happening? And they're like, ar, 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 you know. <laughs> and, um, so, so 
after a couple Sundays of this, I started getting anxiety, like anxiety attacks. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, this isn't me. I don't want this. So after a couple Sundays of these anxiety attacks, I just was talking to the Lord about it. I'm like, Lord, like, I don't want this. This isn't me. Like, and so I started thinking, I'm not going to die from anxiety attacks. What's the worst thing that can happen? I'm going to have to pull over and throw up on the side of the road or pull over and faint. I mean, <laughs> it's humbling, but I'm not going to die. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. So get in the car that next Sunday. Get ready. We're scared. <laughs> And the Lord starts talking to me about, because I can feel all the anxiety right here. It's all in your stomach. And I'm starting to get nervous because, you know, once you know that's starting to happen, then your mind starts going places it shouldn't even go. <laughs> and um, it's like this chain reaction. And so the Lord's like, just praise me because when you're pushing all that anxiety out and turning it into praise, it can't stay there. That makes sense, right? So I did it. So in the car, as soon as I felt it, I just, with all my might and as loud as I could in the car, with Joshua and Wesley in the back seat thinking I was nuts, I am praising the Lord, singing whatever I can think of to sing to praise God. And as I did that, the anxiety left. It couldn't stay. Do you understand? Because I made praise bigger, I made God bigger, and it could no longer enter my space. It had to leave. Okay? So we want God occupying that space, not anything else. When you decide that the Holy One is bigger inside of you and more worthy of your praise than any other thing, you're going to be able to accomplish every righteous deed that he puts in front of you. And mind what's coming out of your mouth. Psalm 22.3 says that God's enthroned on our praises. What we praise encompasses a throne for that thing over your life. And so if you praise your problems, you create a throne for those problems over your life. God is no longer the one. How many times, I mean, problems come and we just sit there and talk about them and talk about them and call them ours, and they're not ours. They're this big until you keep talking about them and talking about them and talking about them and owning them, my anxiety, my depression, my vertigo, my whatever, okay? We got to squish that back down and praise God and make him the only throne right here, okay? When the Bible, the Bible says, be thankful and praise him. If you don't know how to do that, start out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the power forever. It's simple. It doesn't have to even be a lot of words. Okay, so for what we're entering into, your light's going to be shining bright in the city. Things are going to attack you. What are you going to do? Praise him. That's kind of our our new hashtag and staff. It's the answer for everything. Praise him. Praise him. Something went wrong? Praise him. The roof leaked and it got on all the chairs? Praise him. (laughs) All right. So in closing, this is a real closing, by the way, because I'm not a preacher. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what I want you to walk away with is, number one, praise him, obviously. The next thing is um, preparation is loving Jesus more than anything else. You don't need to get all introspective, start focusing nonstop on your problems and how to fix yourself. Love him. Love him more than anything else. That is your preparation. And the bride that, that is ready and um, has, that, has that preparation of loving him, she gets to wear that fine linen of righteous deeds. Those actions that show what our bridegroom is like. That's what we want to do. We want to make his name famous. So we need to step into those righteous deeds. We're no longer just aiming and, and, and aiming and aiming and aiming, but we're actually going to pull the trigger. We're moving from serving ourselves to serving others. For some of you, that's going to be a stretch. We're going to put other people above ourselves and praise them. All right, so we're going to do a 60-second activation, and then we're going to take an offering, the last offering for Derek and Shatisha. Sean's going to come up after this, so we're going to do this activation. If you have a pen and paper, get it out, or you can get your phone and take notes on it. But either way, you need something to write on or type on. You can only use your phone if you can handle looking at the screen without checking your messages. Stay focused. All right, the question's going to be up on the screen in a minute. Everybody ready? Have I taught you nothing? The word is fire. fire. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So let's just give Holy Spirit complete attention right now. Just close your eyes for a second and be mindful of him here now. Because we're going to do this with him. All right. There's going to be a question on the screen behind me that I want you to answer with the Holy Spirit. So you're just basically going to say, Holy Spirit, what can I do this week with you that will show people what you're like? And then I gave you some suggestions if you don't know where to do that, but it doesn't have to be limited to that. Once you get it, just write it down. There might be an opportunity come up. Maybe you're at a stop sign and you see something, you need to get out of the car and go help somebody with something. So don't feel bad if you didn't get anything specific today, but just keep your, your ears open and your eyes open this week so you can step into this. And we don't want to just learn how to put on the, the robe of righteousness. We actually want to wear it as righteous deeds. We want to step into it, right? Amen.